Morning, everybody. We'll wait another minute or two for a few more people to join in. We can just go ahead and settle in the way we've learned to settle. Really respecting that, taking the posture. We don't need to be in a meditation hall. We don't even need to be sitting cross-legged on the floor. It's actually a little bit more about taking care of the quality of the mind and our intention to be upright and awake and also equally important, relaxed, soft, exposed to what's coming and going in the moment. So in that sense, each of us were responsible for cultivating this sacred ground, which is symbolized by the way we're sitting right now. And we're not trying to fit some external image we have of a meditator. And we probably shouldn't expect it to be easy to settle into our experience and to receive, feel the body sitting because it's, for many of us, not necessarily our habit to be present and exposed to life. We have this chronic defense, which is basically to be lost in thought. So we take the time, whether you do a few longer, deeper breaths or whatever works for you, but we take some time to grow roots into the present moment and in particular into the experience of the body sitting, the body in the sense of the five senses, the seeing body, the hearing body, the smelling and tasting body, and the sensing, feeling body. Not afraid to be exposed, vulnerable to what's moving here in the experience of embodiment. So one way or another, we're landing in the present moment And over the last few weeks, we've taken a minute or two at the beginning of our set to reflect on the refuges and precepts. If you weren't here a few weeks back, I spoke about the refuges and precepts as, I guess, as a symbol or a way of recommitting to this path of awakening pointed out by the Buddha. So for all these centuries and all the different schools, lineages of Buddhism, this is the way that human beings have reconfirmed or recommitted to being students of the Buddha or students of these teachings. 
by doing the refuges and precepts. And at the end of that talk, I recommended that people become independent and somewhat creative in doing this in a daily way, or at least a weekly way. So I'll just do it out loud and you can reflect silently. I'm not going to do a formal recitation of the refuges and precepts, but more just an informal contemplation for a minute or two. How I might actually do it before my morning sit. And I begin by just reflecting on the Buddha. I take refuge in being awake, his heart being open and sensitive, interested, unafraid to feel and see. I take refuge in the Buddha and I take refuge in the Dhamma, the way it is, these wild and uncertain conditions or circumstances that are coming and going in my life, the thoughts and memories and emotions that come and go, the sensations, the circumstances, the relationships, all that's emotion. I take refuge in the Buddha, wakefulness, being intimate with the way it is, with Dhamma, all that's coming and gone. I take refuge in this exposure. I take refuge in being intimate. And finally, I take refuge in Sangha, the third refuge, which is this deepening, beautiful way of responding that arises out of being intimate, arises out of Buddha knowing Dhamma. So responding with kindness and compassion and equanimity and wisdom, precisely because I'm learning to live without a plan but instead I'm learning to live with this refuge of Buddha knowing Dhamma. Wakefulness, being awake to what's moving internally, externally. These are my refuges. And I undertake the training to refrain from harming others, including myself, to refrain from taking what hasn't been given freely to refrain from causing harm through my sexual conduct, including my thoughts, <clears throat> to refrain from causing harm through my speech, and to refrain from intoxicating my heart and mind in ways that make me careless, more likely to cause harm for myself or others. I undertake these five precepts, these five mindfulness trainings. And may all of this be a cause for awakening, the deepest awakening, and may this awakening be for the benefit of all beings. So again, this is just an example of how you might bring the refuges and precepts to mind every day. And we've been working with the 
with the Buddha's instructions for mindfulness of breathing. Establishing mindfulness to the fore, the Buddha says. So take a moment and just contemplate in an immediate sense what is this experience of being mindful here and now? Where the mind is remembering this is being known, this is being felt. So it's not forgetting that this experience here and now is being known. And then more specifically, feeling the sitting body and noticing the experience of breathing in, noticing the sensations of breathing out. And in choosing to be aware Choosing to connect with the ordinary experience of breathing in and breathing out. Then by default, the mind is willing to let go of the great diversity of experience in the present moment because it's choosing to track this ordinary experience of breathing in, followed by breathing out simply as it's manifesting or being expressed physically in the body, whether that's the rising and falling of the abdominal wall or the simple touching at the nostrils or however you feel the physicality of breathing in, breathing out, as a natural unending process here in the body. From the first moment of the in-breath to the last, from the first moment of breathing out until the last moment. And the breathing process may seem tight or seem controlled, but of course there's no need to consciously control the breathing process because we all know that breathing can happen on its own. In other words, it's really helpful to relax and trust the natural process of breathing in and breathing out. And beginning to taste a simple pleasure of non-distraction.
you're willing to begin again and again in a relaxed and gentle way. As if the ordinary sensations of breathing in is the most interesting thing right now. We're making it the most interesting thing. And breathing out then becomes the most interesting thing for that duration. So in this way, the entire heart begins to gather or unify in the knowing of breathing in and the knowing of breathing out. We're not only, the mind isn't only interested in the sensations of breathing in and breathing out. Allow the mind to be interested in this gathering or unifying of the mind around the knowing of breathing in and breathing out. What we could call the experience of non-distraction it has a very particular wholesome pleasure to it. And it's really important that we train the mind to recognize that wholesome pleasure of non-distraction, just like we want to notice the unpleasure, the pain of distractedness and scatteredness.
And as we discussed last week, mindfulness of breathing comes with with its own feedback system. As the mind and body begin to settle, the breath becomes more refined. So we're not making this happen, we're just noticing when it happens from a longer, grosser breath to a shorter, more subtle and refined breath. So we're tracking the in and out breath closely enough, carefully enough to notice how the breath slowly, gradually becomes more refined, more subtle, and usually a little shorter. But again, you don't need to make this happen. We're just observing the body breathing in, observing the sensations of breathing out, and starting over each time we notice the mind has gotten distracted. So we'll continue in silence now.
today. <clears throat> See if you can be in particular interested in the kind of effort that's helpful. The effort to connect and sustain attention with the breathing in and breathing out. So an exclusive attention to the breathing process, noticing with that continuity of awareness, noticing the gradual shift from a grosser breathing process to a more refined, subtle, shorter breathing. Notice the pleasure of that simplicity and the unification of the mind, the mind that's simply knowing the breathing in and knowing the breathing out. What kind of effort, what kind of persistence really helps? What kind of effort isn't helpful? So in this way we become wiser in terms of how we apply ourselves to the task of meditation. And because of the natural, ultimately unavoidable settling that happens when the mind 
gathers its attention around one ordinary thing like breathing in and breathing out. And the mind, the heart, becomes collected, settled. And then the Buddha invites us to notice, or even as it's translated, to train ourselves to experience the whole body as we're breathing in and experiencing the whole body as we're breathing out. And allowing for really nice healing and integration of body and mind. Breathing in, experiencing Breathing in, experiencing the whole body. Breathing out, experiencing the whole body. And finally, in the first four instructions, Buddha invites us to notice the calming effect of this whole body awareness. So the breath awareness is still there, but the emphasis is on experiencing the whole body with the in-breath and experiencing the whole body with the out-breath. We're not looking for any particular sensations in the body but taking the body as a whole as we breathe in, receiving the body as a whole as we breathe out. Breathing in, one trains oneself, calming the body. Breathing out, one trains oneself, calming the body. And you can even sense perhaps that spreading and the deepening of calm throughout the body, little by little. <laughs> 